Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Now, for those of you who have not been in this room with me, I can tell you I have tried to make this episode at least three times. <laughs> and I keep going back, and I keep deleting it, and I keep trying again, because this is a sensitive issue that I think is really important to any of the parents out there who have a particularly exhausting child. And that is your own mental health. When I sit here on these days where I've just received a lot of emails from teachers and complaints from neighbors and all of the fun things, I just sink down and remember just how exhausting and hopeless this can feel sometimes. I know that when I look at the future, I'm scared and I don't know what to expect for my little lady because, and all my kids, the future is scary to me. I look at it and I think, okay, you know, I know anything bad could happen at any time. And, you know, I also have massive amounts of anxiety, so I'm sure that doesn't help. But when you have a child who sits there and tries every ounce of your patience and you just stare at them and you think, what is the future going to look like for you? Like, what is it going to look like for you? It can be really heavy on a parent's shoulders. And it's funny because I had someone compliment me on my patience the other day. And I just thought it's not patience. It's like, I've given up. <laughs> it's not me being like, Oh, I have massive amounts of patience. It's like, I can't care about that because that's not big enough to care about. I have to wait for the bigger things in order to care about them. So I just find myself so down sometimes. And I think that that's a fairly common thing for those of us who have kids who are hard. I was sitting in the living room having the 456th millionth conversation with my six-year-old about some stupid thing, whether or not a shirt was a certain color or whether or not she should wear pants inside out, like just the dumbest stuff. And I just thought I used to be somebody. <laughs> I used I used to smile sometimes. I used to sit there and just be like, Oh my gosh, something about this day is gonna be good. I can feel it. And I have not felt that way for a very long time. When you are dealing with a child with reactive attachment disorder and some of the other very reactionary disorders, they tell you to do something called, I think it's called gray rock, where you just sort of have an expressionless face and you tell them their rules and you give them facts and you don't play into the emotions. And I'm like, I think my whole life has turned into that. I think that I've turned into a gray rock. <laughs> I'm just not doing anything. I'm just staring off. I'm just trying not to get involved with any of the emotions because my whole existence is dealing through with or filtering through or learning about all of the crazy behaviors and it exhausts me. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted about fighting whether or not you're supposed to do your hair today even though you know Every day you're supposed to do your hair. I'm exhausted about fighting about bedtime because 
you know, you're supposed to go to bed every day. It's not new. I'm exhausted about being told how much my dinners are disgusting. I'm exhausted about how much I'm told that I'm not fun enough. I'm exhausted about how many times I'm asked to play games and then told how bad I am at playing games. Like I'm just beat down. Now, I know that a lot of people out there are terrified of having kids. And I know that this is a horrible example to those people where I sit here and I say, no, it's it's as awful as you imagine. (laughs) But I don't think that it has to be. I remember I read this thing that this lady gave at a seminar a long time ago and it said you need to figure out a way to make yourself supremely happy and I thought I don't know how to do that anymore and you have people who are like oh gall you need to find joy in the journey and I'm like I kind of want to like karate chop you to the throat like don't tell me that and yet that is exactly what I would want I would want to be able to sit and have good moments. When I was younger, we were often told a lot about, you know, people of the olden days, people who traveled and, and like little house on the prairie lived in, in little shanty houses and, and just had each other and, and life was hard, right? And then Jerry Seinfeld says, Hey, you got to pick, you got to pick your hard. You got to, being married is hard. Being single is hard. Pick which one you want. And I'm like, yeah, like, okay, like, is this, is this the hard that I want? But it's silly to think that you get to pick which hard you have. I mean, life just gives you stuff that's hard. It doesn't sit there and wait for you to pick which one. It's not like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you're doing that card game where you pair and match the cards and you're like, I don't like this match. I'm going to put that back no, you got that match. That's, that's what you got. And that's just how life is. Life's hard. But how in the world can we make life hard and life good at the same time? I often think to myself, you know, what would make me supremely happy? What are the things that I like? Because the things that I used to like, they dissolved and they don't they don't seem to work anymore. And so I sit there in in my space and I, I hope that you do this too. And I think what would really make me happy? And something that makes me happy is actually being outside and having the wind on my face. And it's a stupid thing, right? Like it's just so simple. Some people hate the wind, but me, when I'm standing in the wind, I just feel so free. I just feel like it whips my hair around and I am just everything that is a concern gets whisked away by the wind and I'm just free. And now I live in an area where there's some pretty fast wind, but it's not like tornado country. And I can only remember one time where being in the wind scared me. And I was a little girl. I was probably six or seven. And I was out in my front yard and it was so windy. And I remember like just you could just be your free self when you're little, you know, and you didn't care. And I'm standing in my front sidewalk and I have my arms out like an airplane 
and that wind is just whipping my hair around and the wind was so strong that it actually pushed me over (laughs) and I actually fell down. I kind of caught myself before I fell down, but I'd never been shifted off my person because of the wind up until this point. And I remember being a little bit scared. But other than that, every moment, just having the wind on my face is a really big moment for me. I just, it just, I love that feeling. I don't know, maybe in my past life, I was a bird or something. But but I just, it's, it's one of those things that makes me supremely happy. And it's the dumbest thing. You know, I used to wait around for somebody to save me. And I used to wait around and say, you know what, if I just had a friend who understood, or if I just had somebody who cared about me, and if I just could have that support that I needed, then I would be happy. It would be, I would be happy. And I do have people who are very supportive in my life that I very much appreciate. But when it comes to being supremely happy, you can't wait for other people to help you out with that. You're going to have to find it on your own. And <laughs> I, I was having this thought the other day that might not be connected, but we're going to give it a go about how many ladies start entering into their latter half of their life and they start being like weirdos. You know, they get the certain haircut that's like a weirdo haircut and they start dressing a little bit weird. <laughs> it's like, I had this epiphany as I'm looking at this skirt when I was trying to shop for a skirt. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that skirt, but it's a little intense. And I was like, who cares? Like, it's time. (laughs) I was like, oh no, I'm going to become one of those ladies that I've always made fun of. That's life though. But maybe that's what makes them supremely happy is the weirdo haircut and the weirdo clothes. And they're finally just picking for themselves something that just makes them happy. And for me, I'm like, Oh, I'm all for this now. So I have this skirt in my cart and I have not purchased it yet. But I'm going to and I'm so excited about this new little piece of me that is gonna just make me happy. I used to dress for other people, which sounds funny, because if you knew what I dress like, (laughs) sweatpants, and my pajamas, most of the time, you'd be like, other people. (laughs) But I'm rewinding far, far back, farther back than that. And I used to be like, Oh my gosh, I need to cover this flaw. And I need to do that. And I need to have this. But you know what makes me happy is just picking the, the articles of clothing that make me smile. And when you are in a position where you have so much coming at you at all times, I mean, sometimes your supreme happiness might be at the end of an earphone. You might have music that just lifts your soul and you might have going on a walk in a certain area lift your soul and you might have something else be that for you because you're not going to have anyone knock down your door and try and fix it for you. And I have my days where I'm like, I have all the motivation I can find. I'm going to read about this. I'm going to find the answer to this. I'm going to do this. And then I have other days where I am just so depressed. And I think I have, I feel like I've read everything I can read. I feel like I've tried everything I can do. 
And I feel like while there has been progress, that I don't really know where to go from this point. Because the truth is as stressful a day as I have with this particular child and other actions from other kids, as stressful a day as I have, I still have immense amounts of love for these children. And I want absolute success. I want to be able to spin around and just toss that child out into the world with the best trajectory to the best places I can possibly do that for. But I cannot base my happiness on where they land. I can only base my happiness on where I have released them. And knowing that, you know, I've been spinning around with them for so long trying to teach them all the things. And then I have to release them and I have to let them go. And if they do something to mess up their trajectory, I can't have that way on me. So when I send my tiny lady to school and she gets in trouble and she stabs someone with scissors or she punches someone, elbows someone and stabs them with a pen, I cannot say to myself that I need to wear that because I have done everything I can in the spinning portion up until I've sent her off to school. And I have to sit back in that and say, I did everything I knew how to do at this point. I did absolutely everything I could. I read everything I could. I searched everything I could. I had every conversation I knew how to have. And if she's going to go to school and she's going to do those things, I cannot have that weigh me down because life's too heavy already. I just have to wait till she gets home and I have to start the spinning all over again so that the next day I can send her off in the best trajectory that I possibly can. Because if I don't, if I spend my brain space trying to think about all of the things I wish I could control once she's out of my hands, I will ruin my entire day. And then one ruined day after another ruined day after another ruined day, etc. on and on and on. It will pull me down to the bottom of the deepest, darkest part of the ocean and ram me through the rocks and the ground. I have to let it go sometimes. And I have to expect that when I pick it back up, it's going to be at a hard point. Whenever a little lady comes inside the car after school... (laughs) She comes in and she either tells me it's been a wonderful day or she tells me it's been a really bad day. And the truth is both usually mean it's been a bad day. And when she tells me it's a good day, it usually means she's really trying hard to not tell me what's gone on that day. And so I just expect to just be picking up the pieces. And it's great because my mindset shifts And I look at it more like a break when in a workout where you're working out really hard and your instructor gives you a 45 second break and you're like, (gasps) (laughs) and you know that you're going to be starting over again in 45 seconds and you know that you're tired and you know you're exhausted, but you also know that you just have a second and you're going to be able to pick that up. And keep going even though your arms are noodles and your legs are noodles and you have the reddest face in the world and you're huffing and puffing all over the place. Because raising a hard kid is definitely like a workout. Because at our house, I am dodging arguments left and right. 
just constantly having to maneuver around different situations and reframe and all those just exhausting. (laughs) I think so many of you understand. But that isn't to say that our children aren't worth all the effort because just like exercise is beneficial to our bodies, your kids could not help the way that their brain chemistry was. I'm sure some of their decisions are their own and that's frustrating and all of those pieces get put in there. But some kids are really predisposed naturally just to have a hard time. And secretly, I think some of these really stubborn, really difficult kids are going to change the world for the better in the future. But until that time, just like the workout is exhausting and it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's not being beneficial to you in some way. It doesn't mean that it's not being beneficial to the child in some way, even though just like when you're trying to lose weight, sometimes you cannot see the progress for a very, 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 very long time. And you also sometimes never see it outside, but the changes are happening on the inside. But even with all of the progress that might be happening on unseen layers, I miss the me that I used to be. I miss the me that I was when I didn't have to quite dig in so hard and cling to everything so desperately. But I'm going to try and rebuild her one colorful skirt at a time. And when my daughter inevitably puts marker on that favorite colorful skirt, I'm going to say to myself, you know what? I'm going to find another thing that's mine. I'm not going to go crazy and buy like a billion and a half things. I'm not going to use food. I'm not going to do those things that will just create another spiral down to a different place. But I'm going to have a thing that's mine. And when it gets ruined, and I don't even say that as an if, I say that as a when. Then that'll be my sign it's time for me to find something else. Because we need something called darn it, something that's incredibly hard to be taken away, or something that is easily replaced, or something that is easily turned away from and found something else in a different place. Because it is incredibly hard for my six-year-old to ruin a windy day. You've got to find that thing that's yours make it yours and make it the best way you possibly can to have it be something that cannot be destroyed or can either be easily replaced or easily turned away from and found something new. Or it might be something you do. It is really easy for my little lady to ruin a bed that I've made, but it's really hard for her to undo a workout I've done. And she can throw her dinner on the floor, but it's really hard for her to make me forget a song that I've memorized. Something in there. Do it for yourself in a way that cannot be taken away. I wish us all the best. Parenting's hard, but parenting is totally worth it. Thanks so much for joining me.